I actually saw you had a new BlackBerry phone. Do you still have it? BlackBerry? Yeah, it was key. <laughs> something, I think. Oh, that is truly a long time. He's a pixel man. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Tell him. I, you're a pixel. I have to... I have to show you. This is my new <laughs> Pixel. It's okay. um, it's the Pixel 4a. Charles, you uh, got yes. the new Pixel. It's it's the Pixel 4a, and actually, oh. what is fantastic about this phone yeah. is that um, it, it the the resolution and the camera is yeah. so fantastic. And there's one particular feature on on Pixel 4a. Uh, I know it's also on Pixel 5. Um, it's the um, Dorothy. Is it called astrophotographs or yes, yes? What is it called? Astro something, eh? Right. It I is I fantastic. Have a I'm looking at you, but I love it. Did you order and it? The, the phone. Yes. It was I delivered. Yeah. I, I I had it delivered here. Okay. Yes. All right. And and mm. for me, it's actually such a fantastic. Um, uh, such a fantastic uh, service, astrophotography. That's what yeah. it's called. And ah, okay. if you take, and if you take um, photos at night of the sky, mm-hmm. the resolution and and exactly what you get is stunning. And and that's one of the things that just makes me proud to look at some of the 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 um, the, the the products that we make. Uh, which are very useful, literally just on a day-to-day basis, and okay. and, and, and and just a, a very personal touch. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the the photo behind me um, yeah. of my son, the, the all of the I have been taking photos of my son uh, pretty much since he was born on Pixel phones, and then uh-huh. I blow up those photos yeah. uh, to A1 size, mm-hmm. and literally. The resolution is still amazing. You'd think it's a studio photo. Oh, okay. um, so it, it's such a brilliant thing. Yeah, I think with with uh, Google phones, what I would say is the minimalistic factor that is outside is really nice because it's not busy. And yes. the tech that is has been put inside is just out of this world. So it's, it's a Absolutely. good product. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. You, you should definitely uh, seek to get one yourself. I shall, I shall. I'm still on Nokia, so I'm trying their phone as of now. But oh, that's that's still a nice phone. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the Nokia Dorothy will be with proud. Android? The Nokia with yeah. Android. Yeah. Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the C? I have one as well. Yeah, I'm a good. Charles, I had to. I have one. I've I know like, you had to. Long battery life. You know. Uh, I said, oh, do you know? Do you know Dorothy was is an ex Nokia person, so she she has oh. that legacy in her blood. Ah, okay. Yes. It's allowed. So, <laughs> 2020 was a tough year around the world due to COVID-19. How has the pandemic affected Google? It, it really has been 2020 and, and even coming into 2021, especially yeah. when you look at uh, more recently, the numbers in Kenya have started going up. It's really been a challenging year, uh, both at a company level as well as at uh, at a personal level. And one of the things that we at Google worked really hard to do is to try and build resiliency within our operations. Because as you know, Google products serve billions of people around the world. Whether you're talking about Android, which we were just discussing uh, in terms of the phone, 
or Gmail or photos or even maps. People rely on these services to be able to do what they need to do on a day-to-day basis, pandemic or not pandemic. So for us at Google, the most critical thing that we wanted to do last year in March, it's crazy to think that it's been a year, is to build resiliency within our operations, make sure that our products uh, continue to work for our users and really putting the user first, and then mostly making sure that we're also adapting to the work from home environment. Because what we did very quickly in March of last year is we asked our employees to work from home. So for instance, at Google Kenya, we've not been in the office for almost a year now, but it's been really seamless because we also try to help employees to be able to work avail them with some of the uh, needs that they will have, whether it's on the internet side or uh, some furniture to to help them on that personal basis, but also making sure that we're helping the community. Uh, And and so there's certain things that we've been able to do. For instance, uh, with our products, um, the the, uh, exposure notification app, which was very useful, and we worked closely with the World Health Organization and worked with ministries of health in different countries to be able to help track the the spread of COVID, help people uh, get notified if they have been exposed to COVID through other people. Um, And and so it's been something that's been critical. And then from a MAPS perspective, as well as YouTube, we worked closely to help identify areas where people can seek medical treatment um, and uh, then also surfacing information about those areas where they can find uh, those treatments. So it's sort of been two-pronged, uh, one or three-pronged rather. One, making sure that our services are resilient and are still available for our users. Secondly, making sure that our employees are able to continue working even in the new work-from-home environment. And then thirdly, working closely with governments and other organizations from a health perspective to make sure that, um, that our communities are helped as much as possible. Okay. Now, with the pandemic, we know that several factors have affected, uh, have been affected, but keen to note is the girl child, especially in Kenya, has borne the brand because many haven't been able to go back to school. Businesses have been closed. Others, they've been uh, um, home-based violence. How is Google viewing this situation at hand and how are you coming into place to try sort out the mess? So as you know, the disparity between um, girls and women and then uh, men has always been there. Um, research has shown historically that the disparity between men and women uh, when it comes to the use of technology uh, has been great. What we've been working on at Google, even uh, last uh, last couple of years is trying to see how we can be able to close that gap mm-hmm. um, because we believe that if we can be able to empower the women and girls, you're actually uplifting uh, a, an entire society. And so did, uh, some of the things that we've done, for instance, is here in Kenya, we worked very closely with Safaricom to see how we can be able to get devices at a lower cost 
to the hands of as many women as possible and as many people as possible. Um, but what came out as a result of that is that a piece of research was done which showed that the uptake of men and women was actually 50-50. And that was a really powerful thing. And so what we need to do is continue making sure that even with these tough times when it comes to the pandemic, we can be able to connect the dots and empower women as much as possible. And also one other thing that we did last year is working closely with Give Directly. We gave $125 million, uh, million shillings uh, to women and uh, to, to be able to bridge their businesses. And that was something that was really critical. And so we're looking at how we can continue helping women because uh, as we know, if you empower a woman and a girl, you're actually empowering the society. All right. So with regards to Google playing hand in trying to bridge the gap, yeah? You've announced a 2.7 billion shillings in cash grants for the Google.org Impact Challenge, focused on women and girls' economic in Africa. Why Africa? So it's actually a global grant that uh, we have been uh, we, we've announced. So it's uh, 25 million dollars, and as you rightfully put it, it's uh, the equivalent of uh, 2.7 billion shillings. And again, it goes to that ethos of saying women have been greatly affected due to the pandemic. So how can we work closely with organizations that have um, that have initiatives that can uplift the welfare of women and girls? And so this 2.7 billion shillings is open to uh, non-profit uh, uh, organizations, ac um, uh, academic institutions who have programs that will be able to uplift women and girls. And we hope that a lot of African organizations who are focused on this, because we know that there's that need, are going to apply. And I'm really happy that we're having this conversation so that we can spread the word and we can get these organizations um, applying so that they can be able to get the money. And, and it's, it, it's, it's going to be equal uh, in terms of opportunity for those projects that really look at uplifting women and girls across um, Africa. All right. According to your statement, is the cash grant will be given to nonprofit and social enterprises to enable them to create pathways for women to achieve their full economic potential and thrive, right? Yes. So why not use government agencies, say Women Fund, Gender Ministry, or the Youth Ministry? Why are you using the nonprofit organizations? <laughs> you ask a good question. So, so it's not either or, yeah. right? And, and for instance, a, a few weeks back, um, Sunda Pichai, our CEO, had a meeting with um, His Excellency, the President, uh, Kenyatta. And uh, at that particular point, we announced uh, a 1.65 billion shilling uh, initiatives, which works, some of it is going to work with non-for-profits, part of it is going to work closely with government, etc., so working with government is something that is absolutely critical for us, and we're going to continue working with government. Government is also an enabler in so many ways, um, but we also want to ensure that when non-for-profit or academic institutions or other institutions who come up with really innovative ideas that are targeted towards women and girls, that they also have an opportunity. So it's certainly not either or, it's more 
uh, I, I would say, and. So we, we are doing government and other organizations as well. Uh, all right. So yes. how does one get the hands on these funds? Uh, what is the procedure? What is the criteria that Google is using to, first of all, identify the non-governmental organizations and then disburse the funds? Yes. So, so the, there is an entire process uh, for it. So starting off with the eligibility, um, it, it's, it's open for any non-for-profit or charity organizations. And we're going to, uh, going to look at how um, those, those organizations uh, are focused. Even, um, for instance, uh, for profit social companies with a charitable project, that is actually going to be uh, available. But I think it's important to note that organizations from certain parts of the world, for instance, Cuba, Iran, uh, North Korea, and Syria, those ones are not eligible, unfortunately. And also individuals who do not have an affiliation to an organization are also uh, not eligible. So what you need to do is actually have an organization that is focused on a charitable project and we're going to be able to work on doing that. And then in terms of the procedure, as you know, Google is quite rigorous in the way we look at things. Um, so we're going to go through uh, an entire due diligence process to make sure that the organizations say are what they say they are, look at the, um, the, the project itself, um, review that. And then we're also having um, regional specialists and experts who are going to be working on this to help uh, through the process. So, for instance, here in Kenya, we have Juliette, who's our regional expert, who's going to be on that expert panel. Um, and then last but not least, it's really looking at people who are going to do feasibility studies and projects that are going to impact um, local communities. And we're also going to look at what is the impact scale of this project so that those are some of the things that we're going to be looking at all right so there is identifying an organization there is the process there is disbursing the funds but then there is the quality check how yes. will you make sure that the funds that you've given to these organizations do the actual jobs that are supposed to be be, be used for so we've done impact challenges before, and I'll mm -hmm. give a quick example. Um, in 2018, we had the, uh, a Google impact challenge where we did about 250 million shillings, um, and we granted that money to uh, 12 different organizations here. And we're going to follow the same uh, process whereby we do follow up. So it's not just the cash that we're giving these yeah. organizations, but we're also giving sort of expert help and as part of that expert help and access to Google um, products, we enable the, these um, organizations to follow through with the projects that they're doing or that they propose. And then we're keeping in touch to see what is the impact of these projects? How is it working? If there are certain obstacles that the organizations meet, we're going to look at seeing how we can unlock some of those blockages. So it's really an ongoing process and we anticipate that by the end of it, we're going to see success um, through uh, the different projects and the impacts that these projects are going to have in their local communities. And for me, it makes me excited to see 
that it's coming to Africa, it's coming to Kenya, and communities in our country can be able to receive some of this money. All right. So from where I stand is I've seen Google has identified that there's an existing problem, right? And you're now moving in to try solve that problem. What are some of the successes that you are looking at achieving at the end of this process? Say in 2022, what success, success stories will Charles Morito tell me again that this is what we achieved? So, uh, and I think the, as, as an organization, this is something that we're going to be excited about, is looking at what impact at a local level has the money that we've given had to those communities and especially enabling women and girls achieve their their full economic potential and so if for instance it's uh, it's it's an organization that helps uh, women do some uh, local business at a local level have they been able to um, scale that business have they been able to hire more people if it's girls and a project that's dedicated on educating uh, girls, what impact has it had for those girls? Has it been able, for yeah. instance, to help girls um, get more into STEM and really uplift their STEM capabilities so that they can move more into the sciences, right? So it really isn't a simple linear view of what success is going to look like, but really more holistically is saying, does it enable women and girls achieve their full economic potential, however that may be uh, perceived or however that may be measured uh, based on the project uh, proposal that was put in? All right. Um, I know that Google is a major proponent of gender equity, right? And uh, you've yes. worked with, with, with organizations like the National Domestic Workers and Laboratoria and many more. And what are some of the successes thus far so that if these organizations, Kenyan organizations can always have a reference point to say we want to be better than so-and-so? That is such an important question to ask. And when you talk about uh, the, the National Domestic Workers Alliance, um, that, that, is, that, that is an organization that is one of the grantees uh, and, and what they do for those who may not know, is they fight for both the respect and recognition of domestic workers. Um, this is an organization uh, in the U.S., um, and about two and a half million people are actually employed as domestic workers. And what we did uh, as part of this organization is using a product that was called Alia. It's a mobile platform. It enables um, cleaners and other domestic workers uh, achieve their benefits, such as sick days that they can be able to, uh, to do. Google also provided a couple of uh, Google fellows, google.org fellows, who provided cash deployment during this COVID-19 period. And so that is just one example of how you can use a, a, a a, a platform such as the National Domestic Workers Alliance to really have impact on a lot of people at a very uh, local and individual level. And I think that I hope that when we look at the grantees that are going to come out of this uh, Women and Girls Impact Challenge, we're going to see people utilizing 
the money to impact people uh, at a very local and and and, and personal level now uh, all right so these organizations i'm pretty sure they'll be expecting to get say as uh, to get certain sum of money i don't know how much it is but does google have that in your planning that each organization is gonna get x amount of money and how will you be part of the process so we're going to be part of the process literally all the way through mm-hmm. in terms of the money i know everyone always likes to ask okay 2.7 yeah. billion <laughs> how much can i get and so what we're looking at is um anywhere between uh 32 million shillings mm-hmm. to um to to, to uh, 200 million shillings so in essence, three hundred thousand dollars to two million dollars—that is going to be the range. Um, okay. But what I encourage people to do is really be granular in terms of your project proposal budget, really ensuring that you're putting all the details that you can, phasing them out, so so that we can see every different step of the project and how much money it's going to require, and that is going to inform how much money people get. So that's the way we're looking at it. And then in terms of the process of, of, of uh, reviewing this, we do have the expert panel, but we also have an entire process that is going to uh, robustly look at every single application, look at the eligibility of the organization, eligibility of the project itself, the viability of the project, and also thinking about is this a project that is sustainable also over time? So those are things that we're going to be looking at more holistically. Okay. So what are other initiatives that uh, Google is aimed, uh, Google is doing to end gender inequality? There are many initiatives uh, that we, we do. Um, I'll start off with, with one which I'm very... Uh, close to um, and it's under the umbrella of women will and this is actually uh, we found that a few years back we found that women do not express themselves as much as men and so there's a there's there's a training that we run called and a program that we run called I am remarkable and this is a really powerful training which enables or teaches women to be able to be vocal about what they have done and and the question is why are you remarkable right and someone can stand up and say i am remarkable because i do xyz right i am a mother i raise two children i work full time and i keep my household intact right that is remarkable and sometimes people will say that for instance a stay-at-home mom does not contribute as much as the husband uh, or the father of the children who goes to work every day. So the ability to be able to showcase that and and show why women are remarkable is a really powerful thing. So that's one project. Another project um, that we did last year is the Give Directly grant um, that we did here in Kenya. We worked closely with Shofco to help women in, um, w- women organizations and businesses uh, in Kibera uh, and in, um, uh, in, in Madare to be able to um, have direct cash grants 
that enabled them bridge the tough times during COVID-19 last year, especially when a lot of businesses um, were closing down uh, because of the lockdown. They were not able to um, have their customers on a day-to-day basis, etc. So those are just two examples of different projects that we've done um, here in Kenya. One involves money. The other one is a program. Um, but we do other things. For instance, women tech makers, which yeah. is looking at enabling more girls to go through the STEM and learn what they can do in the technology space. Because we know that in the technology space, a lot of men, um, uh, th- there's a disproportionate amount of men in the tech field as opposed to women. So we want to see those gaps closing. Okay. So thank you so much for making sure that our women get the same seat at the table and uh, keep on doing the good job. But before I just let you go, where do the loon balloons go? <laughs> so on, on, on that question of loon, yeah, it, it's a great question. So Google in its core focuses on innovation. Yeah. And when it comes to innovation, what you have to do is make sure that you're consistently learning and looking at how to continuously improve. So the balloons are actually still there. They're going to take some time uh, to be phased out. I know that we made the announcement earlier in the year, but we are continuing to do and utilize that technology to innovate. So there are other things such as, for instance, Project Tara, which you can read about it, and this uses point-to-point laser technology to deliver internet connectivity, which is actually quite powerful, looking at almost 20 gig in terms of the delivery and speeds of up to 100 Mbps in terms of uploads and downloads. So when you think about Loon, it's an innovation. The technology that uh, was developed to get Loon up and running is technology that we're going to continue using over and over again in other projects that we're going to be doing. And Project Tara is just one of those projects whereby we're using that technology um, that Loon utilized. All right. Thank you very much, Charles. Uh, it's always nice talking to you about matters Google Tech and everything in between. So moving forward, let's talk more and we'll have another interview to find out how the project went. Thank you so much, Aseto. It's been a pleasure connecting with you again. I know it's been a few years since we spoke, um, but I'm looking forward to keeping in touch uh, more going forward.